Welcome to the Rainy Leadership Podcast, where we do a deep dive into company culture. Rainy is a car dealership located throughout South Georgia, and we are striving to be the best car company by first being the best care company. And one way that we do that is every week we meet and talk about company culture. Today, we're going to be diving into the book, Culture Rules by Mark Miller. If you're following along, we are starting on page 21. Today's episode is another two-parter with our general manager, Tommy McDonald. So let's dive in to part one. All right, good morning to you. Thank you for being here today. Um, Thanks, Bob Rainey, for allowing us to do this uh, in this company. I do believe this is probably one of the most significant things that this company actually does because unbeknownst to most of us, the culture that is developed in this company thus far wasn't accidental. It's a spin off of many intentional decisions that you don't even know about and you haven't even realized in all actuality yet. But as we go through this study, I believe that you'll see with a little bit more clarity some of the things that have been done in decades in the past that will, indica- will, will impact, I should say, decades for the future. Hopefully in a continued positive way. But culture is not accidental. Uh, it is not neutral. It's either getting better or it's getting worse. It's becoming greater or it's weakening. And the decisions that we make on a day-to-day basis, the interactions that we have, relationships are infinite is one of the lines in the book. And uh, the, the title today is, uh, of course, uh, Why Play the Game? And we want to go through some things today, um, you know, that I believe will actually um, be instrumental in helping us understand what we're doing and then why we're doing it or maybe the importance of doing this probably is a better way to say that. Why play the game? Have you ever had someone say, hey, would you like to play poker? Yes. Have you? How many of you know how to play poker? <laughs> huh? Oh, okay. play, play cornhole? Okay, yeah. Uh, that's a different <laughs> subject, okay. But how you play a game, what, what's one of the first things that before you give the answer, that goes through your mind. Okay, win. Okay, that's a good thought. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, how am I going to win this? All right. Why play the game? Because I want to win, right? We don't want to engage in a game that we want to lose. Like I told y'all last week, my wife beat me in chess. I taught her for about six months. I'd been playing chess for years. I'd played online and beat people in California, and my own wife beat me with a pawn. I'm still humiliated by that. So much so that I don't even play with her anymore. Not chess. So, but what's some other stuff that you want to know about before you engage in a game? The rules. Exactly. That's what I was looking for. We surely want to win, but we also want to know the rules. If you don't know the rules, are you going to want to play the game? No. No, you're not. So why play the game? Why play the game? We want to win. But we also want to know the rules. We want to know the rules. I want us to look at some of the things that will have an impact on whether or not we're going to be winners. And, um, but why play the game? Every culture 
Every organization has a culture. Remember this story? I will probably refer to this a hundred times. The two fish, they're swimming in the water and don't even realize that that is what's giving them life. We are in a company environment that is the result of a lot of what the intentional decisions that Bob Rainey himself has made, sometimes almost subconsciously, the decisions that he's made that have impacted us and impacted the way that we interact with each other. So much so that, you know, when you make a mistake, you don't get, remember your experience with the previous company that you worked with? That was painful, wasn't it? And when he started, when John was considering coming here, uh, he, he didn't even know that he was, he, he was this was going to happen. Some things that the company leaders did not like, and next thing he knows, he's gone. That was painful. You'll never get over that. You'll never, well, you might get over it, but you're not going to forget that. And so as he was considering coming here as a service manager, listen, that's a huge job in this company. He wanted to kind of figure out, is this, you know, is, is this another, if I don't do ex things exactly right. Listen, I am the perfect example that you can mess up a whole bunch of stuff and still have your job. <laughs> Bob has been incredibly gracious because I, listen, I didn't come into this business two years ago and know everything about the car business. Bob is, was born into this. I mean, he's almost like destined for it. And he asked me to build a general manager and I was like, what? <laughs> And, but listen, I love what I do. I love being able to help people. And one of the coolest things about what Bob has done is that is the way this business is set up. It's not just about profit and loss. It's, it's not about just winning. It's about pouring into people so that people win. Because we are not in the car business. We are in the people business. And if you pour into people, you will be a winner. And every organization has a culture. Culture, we looked at this last week, or I said this last week, it's not in the specific section we're looking at in the book, which by the way, we're on page 21. If I didn't already say that, I don't think I did. But culture is the cumulative effect of what people see, of what they hear, of what they experience and believe. Organizations, this is a line a little further down, it's, it's early on in this section. Um, organizations do not drift toward greatness, but they add later in the book, they must be led there. They must be led there. It's not just going to happen. A great culture is not just going to happen. There are no stagnant cultures, and a high-performance culture is the ultimate competitive advantage. We love to hear stuff when Warren Buffett says something, one of the most successful investors ever to walk the face of this earth. No telling, I don't know how many billions he's worth now, but when he talks about competitive advantage, the culture in this company is our greatest competitive advantage. If it is bad, it is a competitive disadvantage. It must be maintained. It must be healthy. It must be vibrant. It must be inclusive or this company, listen, believe it or not, as great as it has become, it will slowly wither on the vine. It will. It is not just a, it's not just a I think so. It's that I know so. And, and I think Bob Rainey, had it, from his heart, he understands that. So why play the game? Some of the things there. But listen, the second section in this uh, is early warning signs. Uh, early warning signs. A toxic culture can kill an organization. If you go look at the list on page 23, look at some of the things that are, that are here that are early warning signs of an of a unhealthy culture. Any of those things stick out to y'all? Any of y'all have any experience with any of that stuff? 
Anybody want to share anything? I asked y'all to come with a maybe a thought that you wanted to share today. Anybody got anything pertinent that relates to this that you kind of underline, that you memorize, that you want to stand up here and do a little cheerleading speech about or, you know, wave some pom-poms about? Anything? I think negative attitude. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily have to just come from the customer, right? That can be that can be other employees. True? I mean, John, when you were up there riding around on the bulldozer, you didn't have to worry about, you know, somebody calling you up and saying, blankety, 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 blank, you know, my car is <laughs> whatever. Now that's a different scenario. That's a difficult thing to deal with. It, it, it affects us. But listen, when it's, when it's somebody that you work with, and listen, especially, Audrey, when it's somebody that you have, have really tried to help and you have poured yourself in and you've, you've given, you know, multiple chances to this person, multiple opportunities, multiple meetings and uh, sit downs and powwows and educational opportunities and personal encouragement and even sometimes monetarily helping them and then they still have a negative attitude, boy that's like, mm, it just kind of, it just kind of grinds on us, doesn't it? I want to say this, this is something that Bob uh, covered last week, but look, just because just I think this is in, and I'm going to use a quote that he has used before. Um, on page 22, kind of in the middle there. How many of you have ever heard Bob say, no risk it, no biscuit? <laughs> I love that statement. <clears throat> if we want to avoid risk, look what, look what he has written here in the middle of this page. If you are a person who likes to avoid risk, you should be interested in building a high-performance culture. A high-performance culture. The early warning signs when it starts to get toxic, you know, the long list here, you know, absence of joy. How many of people are just coming into work and they're just going through the motions? They're just getting through the day. What was it you said not too long ago, Bob, that somebody you, you had had a conversation with someone, they said basically just, I just want to get through the, I just want to get through the day. There's no joy. There's no purpose. There's no meaning. And unfortunately, in a lot of corporations, that is the case. Listen, these, there's, there's multi-million, billion-dollar corporations where people feel like they're, they're just a number, that there's a means to an end, that, there's no, that no one cares about them. And you know what? A lot of times, they're exactly right. They are exactly right. People, you know, a lot of corporations, they don't, they don't care about culture. They care about what? What did you say? The dollar. They care about making money. But, you know... Uh, some of the early warning signs, we could listen, we could spend, you know, the entire time just talking about that. But um, early warning signs when a, when a culture begins to go toxic, there's just a whole list of them there. Look at, um, on page 24, y'all, look at the data. This is pretty remarkable, actually. If you, if you kind of dive in here and, and do a little, do a little uh, search and check, uh, the data here is in, incredible. Uh, considering how culture affects what happens to companies. Now, how many people did they survey? How much? 6,063 men and women in business settings were surveyed to come up with this book. <clears throat> how many interviews have you done in your life? Okay, 100. I've probably done maybe, maybe 100. I don't even think I've done 100, maybe. Uh, anybody got thousands of uh, interviews? The people who, Mark Miller who wrote this, 
surveyed thousands of people. So this is not just stuff on a just simple stuff on the page. There's a lot of research that went into this. That's why it's so important that we pay attention to what he's about to tell us. And he's going to give, he's going to give several studies, but even beyond his own and what he had seen. <clears throat> but the data, look at this. Page 24, 71% of U.S. leaders believe culture is their most powerful tool. In other words, it's, it's, it's number one. It, it is the most effective tool that they have in their toolbox to affect that company. It's culture. It's how people, how people are treated. And I remember when I came on board with, with Rainy Used Cars, Bob told me, he said, I think the only directive he give, gave, give, give me, only directive he gave me was take care of the customer. And you know, as we went through some other studies and we kind of started looking at some other things, we realized if we're going to effectively take care of our customers, there's been a little bit of a, a shift, if you will. We got to take care of who? Employees. A lot, a lot of companies are trying to take care of the customer, but they're not taking care of the people that work there. Because listen, if we take, if this company takes care of you, you'll take better care of the customer. That's just a, a, a trickle-down effect. Maybe that's a, not a good, that's kind of a, got political uh, overtones, but it's a trickle-down thing. It does affect other people. It does affect other people. But 71% of leaders understand uh, and believe that culture is their most powerful tool. 68% of leaders around the world believe making culture a top priority is a requirement for positive business outcomes. A requirement. A requirement, having a good work environment. And I listen, when I, t I told you all this last, last week, when I started over there in the service center, I'd been, I'd been and I'll, I'll share another illustration. Uh, you know, we, we probably all had negative experiences in the workforce. You know, the data, data, however you say it, not sure which way you spin that, but um, indicates that culture is important. A positive, healthy culture is incredibly important. I want you to look at the bottom of page 24. And um, I had this on my slide, but it, I, I just kind of did a summary of it on my slide. But look at this. 32 years ago, the impact of culture was already clear. A 1992 study spanning the previous, how many years? 11 years. Found a, how many percent? <laughs> Is that even possible? <laughs> I'm not sure how they did the calculation. That sounds astronomical. Not astronomical, but that sounds pretty high. I'm not sure how they did the calculation, but, but they found an obvious increase in net income in companies that were focused on cu uh, culture compared to a 1% increase in those companies without performance enhancing cultures. All I got to say is, wow. That study over 11 years ought to convince us, hey, culture is important. A little bit further down, uh, McKinsey's Organizational Health Index, companies, uh, their returns were 60, for shareholders, were 60% higher in one group and 200% higher in another group comparison. Companies that focus on culture experience incredible, incredible, uh, an incredible difference in their financials. So it's, we think relationships are just like, 
not even necessary in a business setting. I'm just here to do my job. I'm just here to take care of the you know, cars over in the service department. I'm just here, Hunter, now you're the bulldozer driver up there at the recycling center. I'm just here to get that chunk of metal and move it. You know, Allison, it's my job just to get that part and get it down here. We don't even think about relationships. But how we interact with each other on a day-to-day -day basis is the dynamic that makes people either want to stay here and work and do their best or clock out and go home. Because believe it or not, how you treat other people and the way that you interact does affect this, the profitability of this company. And that's companies that are, people that are smart understand the importance of that healthy culture, of it being a place where you can make a mistake and not get cut, where you can be, great, be allowed to make a mistake and flourish and, and be educated and trained and, and grow. And that's one of the coolest things about what's happening here at Rainy Used Cars. So the data is pretty incredible. Look at look kind of about two-thirds of the way down, page 25, if you will. It says, uh, <clears throat> this is the last line in that little indented section. Based on the research, highly aligned company, Bob talked a lot about alignment last, last week. Highly aligned companies achieved a 58% faster revenue growth and were also 72% more profitable when compared with unaligned companies. And back up just a little bit, right above that, LSA's global def definition of alignment included three different metrics. The firm's strategic clarity, a trustworthy and clear understanding of the culture, and high-performing talent. Listen, we got some incredibly talented people here. I mean, I think Audrey, <clears throat> listen, she, she can do all kinds of things. Vicky right there. Listen, I mean, I go over there and I'm, sometimes I'm kind of tired when I walk out just watching all the things. I mean, she's, she's typing with both hands and feet and she's, you know, shuffling this and shuffling that. Listen, walk in, walk in Lisa's office, man. She is like on the phone, typing with the other hand, you know, handling this and I'm, and she can somehow carry on a conversation with me. I mean, y'all, we got some incredibly talented people here. Mike McPherson, man, one of the cultural greats. I mean, he is like, He's one of the greatest encouragers. I mean, listen, he will, he, he is, a, he is a, a, a friend that will stick with you. I mean, he is, if he, if he senses something's wrong with you, man, he goes like, come on, buddy, let me talk to you. He wants to find out. Listen, he's going he's gonna to make sure you're all right. And that's the same way. Listen, that, that's a carryover really from Mr. Bob Rainey himself. It's about relationships. If we don't have good relationships in the workforce, we will not have a healthy culture. We will have people, more people leaving that want to stay. And I said when I started in the service center, I want people to want to work here. I want you to enjoy your job. Sure, it's, it's work, but I want you to have fun while you're here. <clears throat> how, many, how many churns of ice cream, Bob, have you made? Does anybody ever frown when you gave them a cup of ice cream? Listen, Bob had a great idea. <laughs> hey, you will, you will. So uh, there's still hope, Audrey. So, um, but you know, just sometimes it's, we think it's uh, we think it's the small things, but the small things are big things. I, I was um, saw Bob walking in the other day, and he had uh, he was carrying out of his 
at his, out of the trunk of his Tesla, he's carrying in cases of uh, water and Gatorade, and he put them kind of by the front door up here. I said, well, oh, what are those for? I kind of helped him a little bit. And, and uh, he said, oh, this is for later. He said, I'm going to take these to the technicians that are out there working in the heat. And I was like, man, what a great idea. So I hijacked it. And uh, I called him last Friday, It was, which was one of our highest heat index days. I said, hey, Bob, were you planning on taking uh, drinks to the technicians today? He said, uh, he said, no. I said, can I, can I take your idea? And so, listen, I, put those, I, put, I loaded two coolers down, some with uh, water, most of them with these little Gatorade drinks. And, uh, man, I didn't have a single technician, not one, that declined one. Every single one. Some of them got two. And so, listen, they, will they, do, do, are they going to forget that? Let me tell you what happened yesterday. So I was over at the PDI and I walked through the building. And guess what? Somebody said, you don't have any Gatorades today? I said, no, but they're coming this Friday. I'm going to try to do it every single Friday. Listen, sometimes it's the little things in, in relating to people that make such a difference. And that kind of culture, that kind of vibrant, healthy culture is what makes the difference. Along with it, you know, there's a, there's a lot of academics here that I, you know, I'm not going to get into. But I want to share this with you. Um, so I used to work right there years ago, about hmm, a long time ago, 30 years ago. I worked as their service rider. And one of the things that was interesting, I started, I didn't, I had never done that before. I was a pastor. I was a bivocational pastor, pastoring a little church and uh, doing that too. And I didn't have a clue. I just, I just got up there and figured it out. And, you know, but one of the interesting things that happened was that customer, customer situations started getting a little bit better. Because you know how much it cost to get your oil changed? It was 400, if it, the full deal was 400 and something dollars. Hmm. Yeah. So, a lot of customers who wanted the, the status, <laughs> but might be on a little bit tighter budget, when you told them a $400 oil change, oh my goodness. Uh, no. <laughs> that didn't go over too well. So, started dealing with some of that and letting people know on the front side. Anyway, I'm trying to, not trying to point to myself, but I'm just telling you, one of the things that happened was that customer service kind of started going up. So profitability started going up. So you know what they did? My, my, my salary, part of my salary, I was, I was salary, part of it was commission based off how well the shop was doing, how many, how many parts we sold. So guess what they did? They cut it. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting. So they kept my, my salary, my, what I was getting paid every month went up. And so they cut it and brought it back to where it was when I started. I was like, oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> what are you thinking? <laughs> a term other than interesting? <clears throat> uh, I thought, that's kind of weird. Why would they do that? I mean, the, the, more money's coming in. They're making more money, but they want me to stay where I was when I started. That really happened. Not only did it happen one time, it happened twice. I was like, hmm, <laughs> interesting that they would do it two times. So I was like, man, this just doesn't seem right. You know, I'm not a genius. And so, well, perhaps the telltale part of this story is what happened after that. Um, have you ever heard of a chicken pox? Okay. Your kids have chicken pox? Y'all remember that? Experiences? Okay. I can remember our kids having it because all three of them had it at the same time. 
And guess who else got it? No, my wife. And so she called me in tears one day when she broke out in it. And she said, all three of the kids are miserable. I just got it. It's broken out all up. She said, and she was, I mean, just sobbing. She said, can you come home? I was in the middle of about, you know, kind of like being here, something going on. And I said, yes. <clears throat> so I went home and I think I stayed that day and the next day helping her and the kids. Um, I'm not saying that so you say, oh, great job, great job. But it's not why I'm saying that. Um, but then about a week later when I was back at work, <clears throat> we had a little meeting. <clears throat> and I got criticized for going home and taking care of my family. So guess what? I did. I, I turned in my two-week resignation. And um, what kind of environment, what kind of culture is that? Not only had they reduced my pay, I'd increased it. Listen, that really happened. I'm not proud to say that, that someone did that, but that actually happened to me. And uh, has it happened to other people? Yeah. You think Bob Brain ever do anything like that? Heck no. Um, I just, just, just yesterday, a situation with an uh, employee in our company. Somebody went way out of their way to do something to help them. And I, I can't mention their name, but they're in this room. You won't ever even know about it because they don't want anybody to know about it. Does that resonate? Does that stick? You doggone straight it does. Because uh, that's stuff that shows up you know, uh, in the data, <laughs> data, in the numbers. Because if people care, listen, we want to become the greatest car company by being the greatest care company, we got to care for each other. Listen, have each other's back. Instead of stepping on somebody when they're down, they're kicking them when they're, when they're down, help them up. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. And listen, that culture in our, com in our company has been something that's been built over decades by this guy right here. Because that's what he does. He pours into people. Not only does he want you to succeed just in this business, he wants you to succeed in life. That's the whole reason for this half a million dollar building we're sitting in. Taking, listen, how many of y'all not getting paid to be here? You're actually being paid while you're here, studying this. Amazing. So, um, so the, the data is important for us to understand. Listen to this on page 26. Seven, kind of in the middle here. 76% of employees we surveyed said their sense of purpose is largely defined by what? Y'all see that? By what? By work. By work. 70% of the people that they surveyed said that their um, purpose, sense of purpose, is largely defined by work. So we have an incredible, as a company, the leaders, this entire company, we have an incredible responsibility. People's purpose in life is directly linked to what we do. That's one of the reasons I love what we do. We take care of people. Listen, we, 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 we are, we're issuing, you know, uh, putting people in cars, Christy. I think one, of the time, one time you told me, what was the credit score you told me that a person had? Do you remember? Uh, how much? Higher low. It was low. Oh, like three something. How much? Like, yeah, way down there. Yeah. And I was like, what? 
<laughs> I was like, I was like, are you serious? And she said, yeah. She said, we do it all the time. Listen, those are people that can't go just anywhere and get a vehicle. But guess what? Do they need a vehicle? Yeah. We're, we're taking an incredible risk when, with every person that we put in the car. Mr. Robbie, one of the greatest people that I know. Uh, man, y'all have to deal with any dirty cars over there? <laughs> and every time you see Robbie, he's, smile, he's not smiling now because I scared him because he thinks I'm calling him and asking him to say something. <laughs> but he works like crazy. I mean, he, he doesn't walk slow. He doesn't talk slow. He doesn't think slow. He is always going and pouring into people and, and getting things done. I love that, man. I love to just sit down and just, and if you heard some of the, you know, his, I t actually kind of told your story. Of, you know, you, listen, you hadn't always had stuff just handed to you. Working here, what used to be, the, I guess, the Toyota place, walk into Harvey's with $3, getting enough, what was it, a can of salmon, an onion, a loaf of bread, and what else was it? Rice and a stick of butter. $3 and some change. That's all he had in his pocket. And that was supper and lunch the next day, just enough to get him through to his next paycheck. And he walked <laughs> to where Harvey's is. And then you walked home. And then you walked back to work the next day. So, listen, everybody thinks they just always had it, hand, you know, stuff handed to them. And, listen, he could, he could walk around here with a bad attitude, you know, and, and just be miserable. But I think because, and, and, and I have heard him say this, you know, M Mr. Bob, Mr. Bob, Mr. Bob. And uh, I've heard other technicians say it. Listen, Bob, Betty Sue Rainey's hamburgers still have, have made a, probably a lifelong impact on people. How many of you ever had one of Betty Sue's hamburgers? Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> a few of you. Um, man, just sometimes it's the small things. But uh, the culture affects Productivity. It affects profitability. It affects the everything we do day in and day out. So, <clears throat> page 27, the cost of not playing. The cost of not playing. Um, look down kind of about, kind of toward the bottom of the page. It says, in 2019, Glassdoor survey, 56% of workers ranked a strong, now I want y'all to hear this, um, 2019 Glassdoor survey, 56% of workers ranked a strong workplace culture as what? Than what? More important than what? <laughs> now, somebody, if you interviewed somebody today and they said uh, nothing about what they're going to get paid and they asked you about our workplace culture, what would you say? <laughs> because what do most people want to know? What do most people want to know in the interview process? Yeah, what's you going to pay me? But what did 56% of the people surveyed in, in this study say? What's more important? Culture. I don't think the other 40 whatever percent realize that culture, no matter what, is still more important than what you get paid. It really is. And so um, that's, that's pretty phenomenal to think that a person would be seeking, looking 
for, for a, a great place to work. And that really is important. We hope as you listen to this podcast, it'll motivate your team and you guys will play the game, as Mark Miller says in Culture Rules. Thanks again. We'll see you next week for part two.